0: Hey! Thanks for coming today. Uh, so good to see you guys. This is a day that we have, kind of, at the beginning of every fall, at the end of every summer, uh, that we call Fall Kickoff Sunday. And so we've all had an, uh, a great summer. Uh, we've had our vacations. We've had our time off. We've had to put up with our kids, and now we're back, getting uh, the opportunity to get back in the swing of things, and. So, uh, this is going to be a a good season for you and a good season for our church. Uh, We are committed as a church uh, in in a partnership with God that your life would be better than before. That uh, no matter what has been happening in your life up to this point in this year uh, or in the last season of your life, that Maybe you've had a setback or two or a disappointment or two, uh, but uh, God is always in the business of restoration, of restoring to better than before. Everybody say better than before. And, uh, and, and so I just, I just believe that even if you're having a great year, uh, God has designs for a better year for, for all of us. And, I, and I'm committed to this idea that our life goes from glory to glory. That's what the Bible says, right? From faith to faith, from strength to strength, to brighter and brighter, the path of the righteous grows brighter and brighter till the full day. So I realize life is not always an up and to the right kind of endeavor, but I just believe that no matter how much uh, we might stumble or fall or, you know, come down in uh, our progress, God restores and we keep going up and up and up. So we, we do this thing called Fall Kickoff Sunday, and uh, it's just an opportunity for us to, to regroup, uh, to maybe push restart, uh, to reboot. I mean, you know, sometimes it's just a, you call it power cycle, it's just unplug it and plug it back in right? Uh, to reset uh, our our heart. Maybe we've gotten a little bit off track, uh, but this is just a good time. Maybe it's time for us to reconsider or reframe a few things or maybe reevaluate what we're doing with our time and our energy. Uh, it might be a good idea just to stop and review uh, what's going on in your world. Uh, so there's a lot of reads that we can do. You know, we can remix, we can reimagine, we can rethink, we can refine. And uh, this, is, this is the whole idea behind repenting. Uh, you know, repenting sometimes comes off as a, a fire and brimstone sort of word. But literally the idea about repentance is to change your mind. And, and I'm, I, I love that as a human being who has been created in the image of God, we can change. We, we, can, we can get better. We can get back up again. And I know that change isn't necessarily easy, but you can change. You can make changes. You can adjust uh, things in your life. You, you, can, you can go forward. And so what we're going to do in the next few weeks together as a church is we're going to push reboot on your love life. Come on, somebody, say amen. And uh, what we're going to do as a church together is uh, going to springboard off of a, a great book that uh, a guy named Jensen Franklin wrote called Love Like You've Never Been Hurt. And, uh, and to get the full effect of all of this, uh, this it, it, you could dive into this whole thing this way. One is be in church because I'm gonna cover things that Jensen Franklin never even dreamed of covering. <laughs> I am going to cover things he doesn't cover, but I'm going to stay in sync with uh, with with the whole thing together. And then I want to encourage you uh, to grab a copy of this book that we've got a, quite a few out in the foyer as well. And you can uh, get one there, or you could go and get it downloaded to your iPad or your Kindle or something like that. But even, even better in going beyond, and maybe this would be kind of a, a reconsider for you or a reset for you, is to get involved in a small group. Get involved in a rock group. For six weeks, we're going to be meeting together, talking about all this stuff, and I just believe that uh, with, uh, with what's going to happen on Sundays, because uh, what's going to happen on Sundays is not just going to be ideas communicated I really believe that there is going to be an anointing from heaven to heal broken hearts and to restore our hearts to a healthy and whole place where we can love again. So I just want to encourage you to dive into all of it and take advantage of all of it. You can get information about being a part of a small group, uh, a rock group out in the foyer uh, today after service. But... I I just believe this. Life is better together. You know, we are all better together. We is better than me by myself. Church is better when we're together. There's just something great about coming together in church. Uh, I, I had a conversation with somebody inviting them to come this weekend And they said, well, I believe in the man, but I don't really go to church, you know, and I didn't wanna preach my message to him, but I was close um, to wanting to do that. Because there's just something about worshiping together, praying together, encouraging one another, uh, living in community, and, and just living that life together. Church is better when we're together. Family is better when we're together, right? You know, work is better when we work together. Even, even having fun is better together. So... Uh, when God first created the world, in, in Genesis chapter 1, as He created everything that was in the world, He said, it's all good. So He created the sun, the moon, and the stars, and He said, this is good. And He created the oceans, and He said, this is good. And He created the, the swimming things in the ocean, and this is good. And, and the birds and the animals. And the first time that God stopped and said, this is not good, is when he saw man alone. And uh, Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, says, the Lord God said, it's not good. Everybody say, not good. It's not good for the man to be alone. Because God knew no man could find anything by himself. Am I right about it? Come on. I've been married long enough to know to say, it's probably in there, I just can't find it. You're welcome to use that line. It's not good for a man, for anyone, to be alone. So I'm going to make him a helper suitable for him. This idea of alone, Alone is not good. Together is always better. Now, together is not always easier, but it's better. Together is not always faster. Come on, anybody that had to get a whole crew together for church today, I mean, you know it would be a lot faster just to get yourself to church. Amen. But it's not easier, and it's not faster, but it's still always better together. And eventually, if all we're looking for is faster and easier, we're going to end up, find ourselves painted into a corner called alone, called lonely, which isn't better at all. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9, it says, 2 are better than one, because they have a good return for their labor. Two is always better than one. You can count on that. And, the, and I, what I love about this idea is, it gives us an understanding of something that when, when two get together, there is this exponential increase that happens when two work together, when two labor together. Two working together creates something called synergy and synergy is a is an incredible uh, concept that works in pretty much every arena of life. Synergy is when you take the sum of two parts and put them together and what what results of that is greater than just the sum of those two parts and so it's a, it's a powerful concept that works whether you're Picking up pieces of lumber, I remember when I worked way back in the day. I worked doing some uh, construction work, and i you know we always found if you wanted to, if you could pick up maybe one two by ten or two if you were really strong, but if you got two guys together, you could pick up five or six because it would be more than just the addition of the two of you together it would it would be an exponential thing it would be an incredible thing that's called synergy everybody say synergy and uh, I, I looked this up it's online so it has to be true but the word synergy comes from the Greek words t- sun ergon which literally means together work and, uh, and it, it, when one thing magnifies the effect of another I love that idea together they have synergy when, when you come together, there is a magnification of that is called synergy. Your life is better when you locate your synergy partners. I mean, you know, not everybody is a synergy partner, right? But there are some people. That and you want to be on the lookout for them, they are your destiny connections. They are your synergy partners. And you're always going to go further. You're going to, you're going to go higher. You're going to go to a better place when you're connected to other people. Your, your best future is always found in a connection with someone else. Because a connection with someone else is going to give you a piece of wisdom that you didn't have before, or they're going to give you a perspective that you never took before, or getting around them, you're going to pick up on a great attitude and make an adjustment. I always find when I get around positive people, I get more positive. When I get around loving people, I get more loving. When I get around peaceful people, I get more peaceful. Peaceful. Uh, there's, there's something about that idea that this connection that takes place when you are, when you are connected to a, a synergy partner. I think sometimes the difference in a season is who likes you. Who wants to help you? Who wants to lift you? Who wants to, who wants to give you a lift? Who wants to give you a, a helping hand? So two is always better Than one. Ecclesiastes four ten says, "For if either of them falls, the one will lift up his companion. But woe to the one who falls when there's not another to lift him up." Hey, let me tell you this: No matter how strong you think you are, you're going to stumble at some point. And if you don't stumble, there is the possibility that somebody might push you down. Anybody know what I'm talking about. So the question is never, will you fall? The question is, will you get back up again? The question is never, are you going to mess up? Turn and look at your neighbor say, he's talking about you now. You, you are going to mess up. The question is never, are you going to mess up? Are you going to fall? The question is, will you get back up? And I think all of us need to own this attitude of, I'm either up or I'm getting back up, right? And I know today starts off uh, professional football. I think they had a game Thursday night. I think the Falcons lost that game. Oh, yeah, rise up. Uh, Today, the New Orleans Saints are going to, play the Bucks. (laughs) It's going to be a good day. And you're going to find guys that get tackled and somebody reaches over and says, let me give you a hand up. It's always easier when you got somebody to give you a hand to get back up. Matter of fact, you're going to find out who your real friends are when you locate people who will hang around when you fall, when you mess up, when, when you're going to find out who really loves you, when they are still hanging around and saying, I'm not leaving, I will stay with you, and we're going to get back up again. Come on, life is better together. <laughs> uh, Ecclesiastes 4.11 says, furthermore, if two lie down together, they could keep warm, but how can one be warm alone? If one can overpower him who is alone, two can resist him, but a cord of three strands is not quickly or easily torn apart. So what the Bible is telling us is that relationship, that connection is it multiplies our strength in life it relationships strengthen our life and and this this verse is saying if you can get Past two and get three together. Wow. And I know there are different interpretations for what this three means. You could be two people and Jesus. That's a good three, right there. It could be two people and a unifying purpose. That's a good three. It could actually be three people who agree that's a miracle, and learn to work together. The point I'm laying as a foundation for is there's no question a life of together is better than a life of going at it alone. More productivity, (laughs) recover more quickly from the problems that are going to face everybody. Uh, You're going to have the comfort of a friend or a lover you're going to have uh, you're going to have the strength of a partner the power of together is a huge benefit in life we were created to do life together that's how God created us exponential strength is released to people who learn who, people who finally figured out I can't live my best life alone. And once they, once they say, I'm going to commit to connecting. I'm going to commit to working together. I'm going to understand that it doesn't always have to be my way. Just stare straight ahead. But if I could get the value of understanding that what we could do together is so much greater than I could ever get to on my own. Life is better together. Matthew chapter 22, verse 34, the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees. So they gathered themselves together. Isn't it interesting, this isn't a part of my message, but... It's interesting that the Pharisees heard that the Sadducees had been put down, so they said, let's get together against the common enemy. But anyway, that has nothing to do with the political state of our country right now. One of them, sorry, a lawyer asked Jesus a question, testing Jesus, teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said, here's the greatest commandment in the law. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. And not being asked about the second, but still throwing it in, Jesus says, this is the great and foremost commandment, and the second is just like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments, loving God, loving people, Depends the whole law and the prophets. So Jesus is saying the whole message of the Bible is eventually boiled down to relationships. A relationship with God. You are better when you have a relationship with God. And we are better when we have a relationship with others. So I think it's easy for us to get to this idea that God's value system for life places relationships at the top of everything. More than the money you make, more than the career you build, more than accomplishments, more than anything... God puts at the very top of the priority list relationships. Love God. Love people. Have a relationship with God. Have a relationship with people. So we're literally, we're made for relationships. I said all that to say this. Knowing how powerful, knowing how beneficial, knowing how incredibly productive, knowing all the good that can come out of together, the reality for every one of us is betrayal happens. Somebody you really cared about did something that left you with a sense of betrayal. Conflict happens. Busyness happens. Not, don't have time to stop and eat dinner with no phones with your family. Work Stuff happens. Insecurity happens. Stuff happens. I remember the first time I felt the sting that I can remember, feeling the sting of betrayal. My best bud in seventh grade, middle school, was... a guy named Alan Rays. And we grew up in New Orleans together and we were in middle school together. And uh, and we were such, we were just like inseparable buds. And so one Friday night I'd spend the night at his house, the next Friday night he'd spend the night at my house. We'd go support each other and we played football games and we just we just he was my bud. I mean, he was like my best bud, and we're going along in seventh grade, and, and I'm just, you know, just not even thinking about this relationship other than the fact that this is my best buddy, and we're always hanging out together, and I found at my school uh, a switchblade, um, you know, a, a little a knife, and it was laying on the ground, and nobody else was around, so I picked it up, and it was actually a beautiful knife and i picked it up and i put it in my pocket and uh and as soon as i saw alan at school uh that day i said alan look what i found you know and i pulled this knife out and it was just this gorgeous knife and i did yeah acting like i was bad look i'm i'm 12 13 years old you're like i know what i'm doing and, uh, and I fold it back in. He says, hey, could I, could I go show this to somebody? And, uh, and I was like, sure, you know, he's my bud. So at the end of the day, uh, he, we, I, I go find him and I say, Alan, man, give him my knife back. Uh, uh, and he goes, I sold it. <laughs> uh, I, I was like, what? I could not have been more shocked. In that moment, I just stood there and I said, you sold my knife? I'm not realizing it had just become my knife that morning, but... <laughs> it wasn't like it was a family heirloom or something, but... You, but it was the last thing... I would have expected from my best bud. And I was so stunned by it. And it's the first time I could ever remember. Because, you know, if somebody's a distance away from you, the sting of betrayal is not that great. But if it's your best bud, if it's somebody who's like close to your heart, and even though I know what I know now about relationships, it becomes easy to go, I'm going to be more careful now. So you're a parent and you're giving your doggone best to try to raise your kids, to love God, to serve God, to love the house of God. But all of a sudden, the disease of teenage—it's it's like a virus. There's nothing you can do about it. You just got to wait it out, and eventually, it'll get better. But you—they were so fun when they were two, four, six, eight. But then. Who is this? You're a child, and it's out of your control that your parents get divorced. The tension that leads up to that, the breakup that takes place. And there's something in you that might even say they're doing that because maybe I am contributing to that. And it's a relationship that should be life-giving. And God forbid, but there are situations where parents abuse their children, the ones who are supposed to be protecting their children. I mean, you know, stuff happens in relationships. And your heart can get hurt. Your heart can get wounded. You got the job that you wanted to have, but all of a sudden a conflict arises and you can't seem to get a handle on how to handle it. Somebody you feel like you're qualified for a promotion and you get overlooked, and somebody else who you feel is far less qualified gets a promotion. Maybe you got married and you had an expectation for what that marriage would look like, but your wife or your husband did not share the same expectation. Maybe it was an expectation that you never even said anything about. But they didn't share that. Maybe you thought, once I get them once I get married to them, I'll change them. <laughs> That's not going to happen. They're going to become more like what they were. Maybe you thought, if I'm nice enough to them, they'll start, they'll start to love Jesus too. But they don't. And now you're on your own and you're living in a house with somebody who doesn't share your values I mean you know relationships strengthen and help and lift but they can hurt and then you go to start going to church and you're thinking okay everything's gonna be loving here but if you've ever been in church for any period of time church hurt is as bad as any hurt right there's there's a meanness that gets disguised as spirituality there's there's somebody who does something mean-spirited, but they'll say, well, God told me. And that's the ace card, because how can you tell him, no, he didn't. And no matter what the realm of life is, family conflict, friendship complication arises, all I'm saying is, we can all know how valuable and important relationships are, but it can get easy to shut down. It can get easy to start building walls, to, to say, I'm not opening my heart to any man again, or any church again. Or anybody again. I listened to a message uh, recently. The guy was talking about when you have disappointments in your life, it can domesticate your faith. A faith that used to believe God can do anything, but now you're playing it safe. Right? And so people who get in that mode say things like, don't get your hopes up. They don't realize that they are shutting their own life down by saying, don't get your hopes up, and they, their faith got so domesticated that it's not even faith anymore. But I'm going to say, just like your faith can get domesticated, hurts can shut down your heart. And what what I want to venture into for the next few weeks for us is to recognize we can't keep letting the people who've hurt us keep hurting us by making us shut down our hearts. Maybe... God is about ready to send to you the best friend you've ever had. But if your heart is shut down, maybe God is about ready to send you the one. But if your heart is shut down, and... What I want us to take a journey together as a church in is to buy this idea. When you don't know what to do, love is always the right thing to do. Love is always the most excellent choice to make. I want you to see an idea. Uh, Romans chapter 13. Romans 13 uh, says this, verse 8. Owe nothing to anyone except to love one another. For he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. For this, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. If there's any other commandment, it's all summed up in this saying, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor Love, therefore, is the fulfillment of the law. Galatians 5.14 says, for the whole law, all of it is fulfilled in one word, in the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So here's the way I want us to look at it for a moment. When we choose to love, we are literally fulfilling the law of God. And let me, let me put it in this angle. The law of God is simply the right thing to do. Uh, I think we often think of the law of God is about behavior, right? It's, it's a don't smoke, don't drink, don't chew. Don't go with girls that do, right? And huge segments of Christianity And often we would have a tendency to to focus in on people's behavior. This is what you should do to fulfill the law of God. This is what you should stop doing to fulfill the law of God. But what the Bible is telling us is that love is the fulfillment of the law. Instead of focusing on behavior, how about focusing on loving the person? If there's ever a day that our nation needed to understand this idea, it's now. It's possible to love someone without condoning their behavior, it's possible to love somebody who sees it different than you see it. If you don't know what to do, here's the right thing to do. Love people. You're a parent. Your kids are messing up. You can, you're trying to shape their behavior, but you got to be careful That you don't say something or do something that destroys the relationship. Your spouse, your work teammates, people that are in your life, when you don't know what to do, then love is always the right thing to do, right? Right? When in doubt about what's right to do, just choose the path of love. What would love say? Everybody with me on this? Yeah. What, what What would what would love do? What would what would be the loving action to take? There's no question to me that though all of us might understand the. The tremendous benefit in relationships, every one of us has been hurt somewhere, somehow in a relationship. And what I wanna invite you into for the next few weeks together is this. We're asking you, if you've been knocked down, get back up again. If 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 you've been pushed down, Get back up again dust off the hurt and keep loving the people love like you'd never been hurt i want to pray with you today i want you to bow your heads please and close your eyes lord beyond words and ideas there is your spirit. There is the anointing. There is the love of God. And I'm praying for every person in this room. We've all experienced a betrayal or a disappointment or a conflict or a hurt. And I'm praying As we open up our hearts to embrace the value of living a life full of love, love is the glue that holds us all together. I'm praying for families to be healed. I'm praying for marriages to be healed. I'm praying for parents to be reconnected to their children and family members to be reconnected to one another. God, I'm praying for, uh, for people who've gotten so disappointed in church to get reconnected to your house. So today as we come before you, Lord, our hearts are open to receive your help, to receive your love, to receive your anointing, to receive your grace, Nobody looking around, but how many of you would say, I know I need a touch of heaven in my soul. Would you just raise your hand right now and say, God, I'm open for that. I know I need a touch of heaven in my soul. Just you know where you are right now. Father, you see every heart, every hand, every life we're just believing. You're going to heal every heart. You're going to make us stronger, more connected than ever before. I know we're just staying in a moment longer than we would in prayer, but I just want to ask this. Maybe you have never really invited Jesus to come into your life. You might have thought it was all about performance. But maybe today for the first time you're seeing this is about actually having like a relationship with God. He wants that. If you are in that place and you say, I need, I want to open up my heart to God. I want to pray with you. Maybe you're here today and you could say in all honesty, I used to be close to God, but I'm not where I wanna be, not where I used to be, not where I could be, not even where I know I should be, but I know it's time for me to get back on board in my relationship. Or maybe you just feel unsure about where you stand with God. Nobody's looking around, but really the the most important relationship in your life is your relationship with God. And if you have never entered into that, or you have fallen away from that, or you feel unsure about that, and you say, Pastor, would you pray with me? I'm ready to open my heart to Jesus. I'm ready to open my heart to God. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand right now and say, that's me, would you pray for me? I wanna give my life to Jesus. I wanna give my heart to God. God bless you. Go to anybody else. I need to come back. I know I've drifted off. I don't feel confident. I don't feel sure. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Let's all pray this prayer together. For everybody who lifted their hand. But I want us all to say this together. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I open my life to your love, to your Lordship. I need you. I want you in my world, as my Lord. (laughs) I come to the cross where you paid the price for my forgiveness. Today is a fresh start. It's a new beginning as I receive Jesus as my Lord. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord. Amen.